Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, Dancing Kelly Sander is back in the First Bank Studios with us here in Hattiesburg. Dalton Stanford behind the console over there. Esquire. Esquire. Dalton J. Stanford. Esquire. Uh, we're glad you're with us this afternoon. Got a great show lined up. It's Thursday. That means we'll be going down to the coast and talking to the professor. Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. We've got Hunter Slater on the show. He's about to join us here in just a couple of moments. Really one of the great baseball players uh, in Southern Miss now. But first, a reminder about Dickie's Barbecue Pit. They cook that fresh meat every day, Kelly, and that soft-serve ice cream. And uh, Boy, if you just close your eyes, you can you can yeah. smell. Yeah. That if you're over, over, over by Turtle Creek Mall, even if in a hot day, mm-hmm. roll the windows down just to and get a whiff. Smell it. Yeah, from Dickie's, yeah. And you suggest the cream spinach. At first, one of the side dishes. Now, they've got macaroni and cheese, right. and they've got coleslaw. Right. All of it's good, but I, I like the cream spinach. Yeah. And, of course, they'll cater any event, large or small. So the next time you have something uh, with your church, your office, or whatever, just sit back, relax, and let Dickie's do the cooking. We appreciate uh, Justin and the guys at Dickie's Barbecue Pit here in Hattiesburg, and uh, we hope that you'll dine with him very soon. Do you know where I think I, I, I really got to liking the cream spinach is because every team I cheer for professionally, the Detroit Tigers, the Cincinnati Bengals, what happens to them every week? They get cream. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So I guess I've just developed a, a taste for it. You know? uh, Luke Johnson over in Laurel, still uh, still pumped up over women's soccer. Am I right, Luke? You're still fired up. And, 13 to nothing. Uh, 13, 13 to nothing. To nothing. Bring it on. Setting setting world records in uh, in the World Cup. I know Kelly's excited about the Women's World Cup as well. Now, now do we say nothing or do we say nil? What's the pro- Is it nil? It's nil. It is? It okay. Is. She doesn't score. Okay. All right. All right, so, so Luke, we'll talk about uh, soccer later when we run out of other things to talk about. There's we can always we can appreciate always talk that about soccer. Then first, let's talk some baseball. Boy, we're excited to have this guest on the show. He just finished his baseball career at USM out of Bayside High School in Mobile, Alabama, and quite a baseball player he turned out to be. Four year starter for the Golden Eagle. And listen, listen to this, Santa. Finished his college career batting 309, 743 hits, 41 doubles, nine triples, 31 home runs. That's not bad. Well, I guess when they scouted him, they knew what they were getting then. Huh? Consistency so. is certainly is a virtue. Hunter Slater is on the Eagle Hour. And Hunter, we're excited to have you on the show, man. Congratulations on such a great career at Southern Miss. Hey, guys. Well, I really appreciate you all having me. Uh, I'm excited about it as well. So. Thanks again. Well, boy, what a career. When you look back, did it go fast? Did it go slow? Did it seem to go by in a blink of an eye? Uh, it, it went by way too fast. Uh, it seems like I, I talked to Coach Barry the other day about this. I remember walking up to the office for the very first time and remember the first call that I got from Coach Kaye when he recruited me, and it all just went by in a breeze. And uh, But just reflecting back on the memories, I, we had some great ones. Put this in perspective for us, Kelly. This young man – 
played four years of Division One baseball, never batted under three hundred. Well, the durability, right. you know, of of, an, of a collegiate athlete at any sport, but particularly in baseball now, for a guy to go four years without being seriously injured. You know, it's right. almost unheard of anymore. Right. So good for him. Outfield and then first base, Hunter. Did you have a preference, and was that a difficult transition for you? Uh, I would say the transition from to the outfield was harder than coming back to the infield my last two years. I And I really like first base better. Uh, I feel like I settled in well there and um, wish I had more time there, honestly. But, but uh, so I, I preferred the infield. Um, but must really, be, must be what you played in high school, up. right? Must have been what you played. I in high played. School. I played infield in high school, yes, sir. Right, right. And uh, but really, I was just glad to to do anything to get my bat in the lineup, and um, I know that's what they were looking for. Starting out was was my hitting, so um, really anywhere I could fit in the lineup was great to me. And four years, and you win a championship every year. It doesn't get much better than that. I know mean, that that was that was incredible. We had. A lot of great athletes on the team every year. Uh, seems like every year we'd lose lose some great ones, and then they would just fall right in place for the upcoming year. And um, yeah, we had a lot of success in the past four years, and I was just so so glad to be a part of it. So Bob just went through all those statistics, Hunter Slater. So with those kind of numbers, I'd imagine the babes were lined up four across <laughs> and five deep. <laughs> That's a serious. Ignore him, Hunter. Just ignore him. (laughs) Just ignore him. But I won't go away. No, I was. uh, It's certainly you know good consistent numbers. But now that it is over, how have you mentally wrapped your mind around the fact that it's over? Time to get on with life, for lack of a better term. Or Uh, well, it definitely came sooner than I than I expected, and. uh... It was a uh, for a few days there. It was a pretty empty feeling, uh, knowing that I wasn't going to be a part of of a team and part of something you know bigger than myself. And uh, that and and it's still going on. You know, it's still a, a transition for me. Um, uh, luckily, I've I've got my my eyes set on you know something ahead of the road and uh, career wise. And um, what what is the dream yeah, job, Hunter? What is the dream job? I, I'm pursuing a, a career in dentistry, actually. And I'm actually here at uh, Dr. Uh, Daho's office shadowing today. And um, so that I'm looking to go to dental school next. And I'm about to send my application in, actually. So. Oh, good. More well, good debt. For you. Well, good for you. <laughs> More debt. No, that's, that's a great thing, Hunter. Luke, up in here, man. Hunter, it's uh, it's been great to follow you, man, and and uh, I uh, I've just enjoyed watching you play. I was doing some some numbers. I don't know if you're aware of this. Golden Eagles keep uh, about 13 different uh, batting uh, categories in in the record books, and you are top 10 in eight of those as you end your career. Have you had? Have I don't know if you knew oh, that, God. but you 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 go down as one of the greatest hitters in Southern Miss history. Oh, I don't know about that. There's been some great ones. Uh, that's wow. That's kind of you to say that. I I didn't know that actually. Um, I know I was in there a lot though. Coach Barry gave me a ton of opportunities, and uh, I'll always be thankful for that. And Coach Kai, all the work that he put into me, uh, I really went a long way. Took it a long way from from when I first arrived at Southern Miss, and Coach Kai just did wonders for my my uh, my my hitting and and fielding also, and. Um, they were they were awesome to me. So I, I will I'm been blessed to be a part of their coaching staff, be playing for them. So 
you talk about uh, or you think about the guys that have hit in front of you and behind you in the order. Taylor Braley, Dylan Bordeaux, Matt Walner, Matt Gidry, you know, Montenegro now, Luke Reynolds. It is pretty astonishing yeah, how good on. the offense has been during your time. Right, and, and we all complement each other, too. I mean, when you got, you know, as good as hitters, as they are, and it makes your job easier. Uh, it takes the pressure off of you. Um, you know, they can't really pitch around you when you have a Matt Walter in the lineup behind you. You're going to see a lot more pitches. And uh, so we all just kind of feed off of each other's success, and, and it's really a great thing when it all comes together. And it, it was so much fun to be a part of. Um, yeah, we, we put up a lot of runs and a lot of home runs in, in our time there. And, uh, man, it was, it was a blast. Hunter, when, when when you look ahead to to you know potentially maybe you know on down the road being a parent for example and say you're blessed with a with a, with a son, how what type of yes, parent sir. what type of a parent do you think you'll be especially when it comes to whether your son wants to play baseball or doesn't want to play baseball? I'll follow up with why I asked that question, but I just want to get your reaction to that. Yeah, I I will definitely try my hardest to get my son to play baseball, and uh, I think he'll he'll like it, but. Um, I've just, I've grown so much since I've been at Southern Miss, and uh, I feel like it, it truly has prepared me for life ahead. And I will encourage my son in any way possible to to play baseball, and um, it, it's done a lot for me. Um, I will always, you know, be thankful for the lessons I've learned, and and really just the biggest lesson is dealing with failure and how to, you know, not let failure. Uh, beat you down to you got to learn how to get back up and, and be resilient and that that's one of the the biggest lessons I've learned and because because I mean, every high school player you know they they see a lot of success and then college is is harder and more difficult and you fail more so um, dealing with failure is something that I would I would uh, take away from this whole experience and I hope my son one day could definitely learn those same same lessons that I did. The reason I ask that is because in my years of coaching youth baseball, the best team parents I ever had were dads who played at a higher level because mm-hmm. they don't seem to shove it down their kid's throat. They don't scream and yell and holler. You know, mm-hmm. They know there's not a scout for the Yankees at their nine-year-old baseball game. Right, <laughs> right. And they seem to, they, guys who played it keep it in such good perspective, right. healthy perspective. Well, you put that in great perspective about the game, too, Hunter, and what it teaches you. We're going to hold you over if that's cool. we got a three-minute break. Yeah, we're going to continue our conversation with Hunter Slater, one of the great baseball hitters in Southern Miss baseball history. He's on the Eagle Hour with us, and we're going to continue this conversation on the other side of the break. To the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. 
Welcome back to the show, everybody. Full crew here today from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Glad you're with us around the state of Mississippi this afternoon on the Super Talk Radio Network. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. You know, biggest selection of Southern Miss apparel anywhere in Mississippi or probably the country for that matter. And if you're one of our friends up in the Delta, over in Macomb, or wherever you're listening today and you can't make it to the Berg, you can just go to CampusBookmart.net. Pick out your Southern Miss apparel, and they will ship it right to your front door. The biggest of the biggest. They do. You know. Which you, I, and Luke are very happy for, because that way we can go there and buy stuff. Yeah, after, after there's so many X's, it shifts into a size called USS, United yes. States Ship. <laughs> <laughs> you know. We're visiting uh, with Hunter Slater, one of the great baseball players, uh, to come through the ranks and uh, play for the black and gold. And Hunter, you brought up something real interesting that Kelly and I were talking about during the break, and you were talking about how baseball teaches you to deal with failure and disappointment in your life. And maybe this is the only sport like this, but we take your batting average over four years, which is outstanding. I mean, it's what it is the signal of accomplishment when you bat over 300 in every year that you play college baseball. Every kid would strive to accomplish that. Yet that means that seven out of ten times you come to the plate, the great hitter that you've been, you're you're dealt failure in a sense. And I guess that's a lesson that baseball really teaches. Am I right? Right, absolutely. And uh, uh, first off, thank you for the kind words. But, uh, yeah, seven out of ten times failure, there's been so many at-bats. Where you just get so frustrated and you want to you want to come in and, and throw your stuff around or whatever, but obviously that's a bad look. And uh, you know you have to get back out there on the field and go play. You have to, you know, you got to produce, you know, defensively. And so if your mind's too wrapped around what you did wrong to in your last at bat, uh, you know, you're just going to take that at bat right to the field, and it's going to it's going to uh, snowball from there. So just the the constant, you know, failures are you know, will turn into positives in life. Hunter, one of the criticisms that travel ball kids get these days, because the rosters on travel ball teams are only 10 or 11 players, is that the criticisms that high school and college coaches have of these younger travel ball players is they don't learn to compete because of the small small roster sizes. So to, to any kid that might be listening today, you know, well, if I don't get to play, I'll just go over to this guy's team or I'll go over to this guy's team rather than compete for a position. How do you how do you deal with that, and what advice do you have for younger kids along those lines? Uh, yeah, well, that, that's very true. They're all given a position. And um, any advice, I would say, you know, at this level, especially the college level, there's somebody right behind you that can replace you just like that. And so my advice to those kids would be to every day strive to – Strive to get better, even though you're playing every day. You have to strive to get better, and um, and and just give it all, give it your all. That's really you know it's so cliche, but it's so true at this level. You know, there's so many good players all around you that uh, if you, if you slack up, you know your spot can get taken. Hunter, in your career, was there a team that you enjoyed competing against uh, more than any other? I always enjoyed competing against Ole Miss, uh, Mississippi State, and Louisiana Tech, and those were. Uh, I always enjoyed playing against them. Um, you know, we, we played with an extra chip on our shoulder. Obviously, you know, I know Coach Barry wouldn't want to hear that, but it's true. You know, those are the teams that we want to really get after. And 
So I, those are the three teams that I enjoy playing against the most. And, and South Alabama also being from Mobile. From Mobile. All right, well, well, now that you now that you don't have to worry about it anymore, tell us the truth. On a scale of one to ten, how sweet was it when you guys shellacked Mississippi State three straight games here last year? <laughs> that that that's the single most you know series win I remember the most. Um, man, that, there really wasn't a better feeling, and the way we beat them too. You know, we think we beat them like eleven to nothing the, the Friday night, and you know by like seven to two or something mm-hmm. Saturday. And then, uh, but yeah, to open the year off, having just lost to them in the regional the year before that was uh, something very special, something that uh, Southern Miss fans will always remember. Uh, was so glad to be a part of that. And, um, yeah, that was that was incredible. Well, in light of the way the, the year before did end against Mississippi State, I have to believe you guys penciled that opening series all year long. And you waited. It appeared to me that you were a baseball team that had almost been waiting to pounce on them since the game ended uh, the year before. Right. When we lost to them that regional, we had already known that we were opening up the year with them next year. So that was our, you know, motivation all year long was to come out hot and and really, you know, give it back to them. And uh, and we certainly did that. And um, yeah, that that was that was definitely a. Uh, I win to remember there. Well, let me tell you, you made a lot of old guys happy that weekend, Hunter, and <laughs> I, I was in the I was in that group. And it, and it does look like Mississippi State now has rebounded to where their their program is is they're progressing. Okay. They're okay. They're getting they're to progr- where they're progressing a little bit. Yeah. So uh, they really are. A, they really are a, a high caliber uh, program, Hunter, and obviously Ole Miss is too, as is Southern Miss, of course. And so it must have been pretty exciting to. Uh, to play college baseball in a state where there's such a premium on the sport that you're playing. Right, exactly. And and the state of Mississippi is, you know, one of the top college baseball states, obviously, and uh, if not the top. I mean, it really is. you got three very, very good programs and are very good year in, year out. And uh, you look at the fan attendance there for those three schools, and and it's it's impressive. And uh, like you said, yeah, I was, I was so glad to be a part of it. So so blessed, really, to be to play in a state like this. And um, yeah, the fans were incredible every year. Uh, right. Couldn't couldn't thank the fans anymore for all the support they gave us. You know, Luke Johnson's kind of our numbers guy, and and Luke, you were saying that uh, Hunter, even though he's a first baseman, pretty fleet of foot. Right, leading uh... nine triples, nine triples, Hunter. Um, we we all know Danny Lynch couldn't do that. Uh, Matt Warner couldn't have done that. How? Uh, yeah, when you look back on that, are you amazed? Are you proud of that stat? Nine triples in your career. Yeah, I mean, I've never been a guy that's known to run. I can tell you that. Uh, I think seven of those came in one season. Yeah, they did. That's uh, which right. Is even crazier. They did. Uh, Two thousand seventeen. What? Yeah, that, uh, I don't know what to say. I, I think Gabe is probably going to catch up to me on that one, though. But I gather from your laugh, you're not too worried about Lynch catching up with that. Am I? Did I get that yeah. correctly, Hunter? Yeah, that's exactly right. I'll, I'll make sure to tell him this too. Uh, yeah, you, you tell Lynch. You you tell Lynch. You put him and Walter together. That, uh, they still can't catch some people. Uh, he'll tell you. He'll say, "Oh, I, if I'm like Walner, then I, you know, who, who wants to hit a triple when he can hit homers?" But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but Hunter was just saying he doesn't. Danny, Danny Lynch finds a way to, to uh, 
you know, give it right back at you. So, <laughs> but, but saying, it's a hard one to argue with. Hunter was saying that the transition coming back to first base from the outfield was a little easier, and he just kind of told us why. I don't yeah. like to run. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's very true. <laughs> All right, Hunter, you played with some great people in your four years, and you played with some really unusual characters, I suspect. Is there, a, is there a player in your four-year career whose character and personality jumps to the forefront when you think about characters on the baseball team? Guys that are a little out there. A little out there, yes. <laughs> <laughs> a little out there. Well, generally speaking, the pitchers are always a little out there. <laughs> They're always – they, uh – Man, yeah, there's some weird ones. <laughs> uh, Tracy Hadley was probably the funniest guy that I ever played with. Uh, Taylor Braley is the the most country redneck player I've ever played with. <laughs> yes. and, and you know what, Hunter? He would consider that the biggest compliment you could ever give him. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. Uh, so Taylor Braley and Matt Walner. Two completely different human beings. Am I right about that, Hunter? Absolutely. Yeah, Walner's a city boy, as Brayley would say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the last time we interviewed Brayley, he was on the deer stand, Hunter. I mean, that just kind of right. you know, right. kind of summarizes everything about him. Right. I remember, too, Luke. Oh, yeah. he, he, I, go ahead, I Hunter. lived with him for a year, and it was like every chance he got, he was he was gone turkey hunting or bass fishing or deer hunting or whatever. And, uh, yeah, that's very true. He's... <laughs> I remember. I remember one time on the show. He, uh, Luke, you probably remember this. He was talking to us about Walner ice fishing, and then he said, with total honesty, "Who in the world ice fishes?" So <laughs> nobody in Mississippi, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, just Hunter, a great so, group of guys, man. Just a great group of guys. No question. And Hunter, I know that. Uh, it would be hard to put into words uh, what the last four years have been like for you, but have a chance now to talk to Golden Eagle fans around the state. Is there any thoughts you'd like to share about your career at Southern Miss? Uh, yeah, like you said, you can't put it into words experience, but uh, I just want to thank them for, for all the support, every game, really. And it, means, it has meant so much to me and my life and my family. You know, They have enjoyed it so much, and they've enjoyed being a part of it. Um, I really just want to thank everybody for everything that they put into Southern Miss baseball, and um, I can't wait to be a fan for the rest of my life, and I will be just that. All right, Hunter. Thank you for your time, man, and congratulations on a great career. All right, guys. Thank you all so much for having me. All right. Hunter Slater, everybody, on the Eagle Hour. The professor's up next. Get the pencils out, Kelly. It's time to take a lesson. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Greatly appreciate Southern Miss baseball senior Hunter Slater for joining us in the first two segments of the show. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, the second home of Kelly John Santer. Trivia, Southern Miss memorabilia, and an 895 lunch all awaiting you at 
4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Luke, Kelly, and Bob Dalton pushing all the buttons from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. It is Thursday, and so we go down to the Gulf Coast to connect with Patrick McGee of the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Patrick, it's one of those just slow Thursdays, man. It's uh, it's just kind of dead season. What's going on on the Gulf Coast? Yeah, it's, these last couple of weeks, it's been kind of adjusting to not having a game to go to, you know, every other day. And I'm just trying to adjust to the uh, summer. And I still got a job to do, and I got to track down stories. So that's what I'm kind of doing this week is just kind of coming up with story ideas. Well, Bob knows uh, that, that you've been having to, you know, be on the yacht a lot more lately. Right. So that's that's right. not a, never a bad thing. We just uh, got off the phone with with Hunter Schlater, and uh, we're talking to Chad Kaye yesterday uh, about you know where where they where, what the team looks like coming off of uh, the major league draft. It, how do you summarize this senior class when you look at what they've done? You can throw Walner in there too because he's out. Uh, where do you put them? You know, in the last maybe ten years or so of Southern Miss baseball. Well, I mean, they've been part of probably one of the, the best runs in the history of the program when you go from uh, 17 to 19. So, uh, you know, Walner, once he stepped on, you go, you know, uh, earlier this week, I was just kind of going back and looking at the stats from that 2017 team and just everything they had. And, and you know, Slater was out in left field that year. That was just a team that was so well put together. Uh, just couldn't quite get it done in the regional in Hattiesburg. But uh, you look at what they've done in the last three years with the, uh, the conference tournament championships, being able to host a regional, uh, it's it's really a, a special group and and one really one of the best groups that that came in say starting in seventeen and, and sixteen. Those guys really uh, delivered a lot of good baseball for Southern Miss fans in Hattiesburg. What about softball? Uh, where are we, uh, Patrick, on a search for a softball coach? I know there was word on the street that that the fan base really wanted to try to pursue the coach at LSU Eunice a junior college coach who had put together some World Series championships and, of course, just right across the river. But any word coming down about uh, the softball coaching situation? No, I mean, softball, uh, you know, I, I just have no idea. Uh, we'll find out whenever they announce it. Uh, I, I, softball is usually a little bit off my radar just from, a, uh, you know, down here on the coast. You know, if they have some coast-oriented kids up there to play for, maybe pay attention then. But uh, softball, I have no idea. I really don't. And, you know, it's interesting that, that uh, Jeremy McLean, the, the now athletic director at Southern Miss, who came back to Southern Miss from Troy, his successor was just named, and that mm-hmm. is Brent Jones, who went with Jeremy McLean from Southern Miss to Troy. Now Brent Jones gets elevated, and now he's the athletic, a- athletic director at Troy. So a lot of Southern Miss-Troy uh, badminton going back and forth. They're pretty cool. Yeah, uh, Brent. He, like you said, he followed uh, there with McLean, and, and I think Troy has kind of gone through some of the same things that Southern Miss has gone through. That it's been kind of hard to keep an AD. They had a, uh, a guy there before uh, who's now the AD at Utah State, and then they brought in McLean, and now he's at Southern Miss. And and you know, it's, it's just tough these days. To, uh, it's almost like the AD turnover is just kind of. Uh, it's almost you know mirroring. Uh, uh, football coaches or basketball coaches, guys kind of coming and going. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what Brent Jones uh, can do there. It's really, I think, under McLean and, and previous leadership, I think Troy's kind of hit a high in terms of athletics when it comes to football. Now you got a new football coach there in Chip Lindsey. Uh, you had to, uh, McLean hired a new basketball coach before he left. So uh, Brent Jones has is, is got a little bit tougher situation than his two predecessors in that 
Uh, he's basically got a new staff and, and really a, a tough act to follow up, especially on the football side. So uh, th- he's got his work cut out for him there at Troy. I, I think probably one of the things, you guys, that went in Brent's favor, besides his, his resume, of course, is that he's a Georgia Southern guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Georgia Southern is in the Sun Belt with mm-hmm. with Troy, so he's certainly familiar, you know, with that whole uh, Sun Belt layout. And I know that baseball's been on on your radar, uh, uh, Patrick. But but even looking at at, uh, at some of the other sports, particularly men's basketball now, Jay Ladner hitting the ground running, and starting to sign some of uh, of his own players. How would you describe his start so far? Well, he's got a couple of guys. If you look at them, both of them are out of North Alabama, and both of them are kind of combo guards. Uh, uh, here recently, at the six-four guard out, I think it's called Westminster Christian. Uh, he, his name escapes me at the moment because I was just found out about him yesterday. But just kind of looking into him, he's an exceptional athlete, great track athlete, uh, kind of limited in injuries over the last couple of years. Uh, for him, the, he's kind of an interesting one. Uh, he's somebody that I, I really would like to see. He's, you can tell he's got to fill out a little bit. He's a little on the thin side, uh, but really big upside. Uh, just looking at what his film and everything he was able to do, uh, he's going to be able to shoot it, but I think he's maybe more of a threat to get to the basket than some of the guards Southern Miss has had in recent years. Uh, really, Cortez, it was all on kind of Cortez Edwards uh, to get inside and, and, and score. Uh, so I, I think maybe that's what he could bring is that a six four athletic guard uh, that can do a lot of different things and work his way to the basket. So uh, he's, he may be a little bit of a project, but we'll have to wait and see. But uh, I like the upside just watching film of him. You keep hearing the word, you guys, in all sports, when, when college coaches, scouts at the pro level, the word keeps coming up, athletic. Mm-hmm. This guy mm-hmm. now look now look it's obviously all these guys are athletic but when they say this guy is athletic they're talking about a cut above right. your average athlete I know John Rice Plumley at Oak Grove who prepped at Oak Grove who's now at Ole Miss you know there was talk that he was going to go very high in the draft and they said you know pretty good baseball player but freaky athletic right. so I just I think more and more sports are kind of looking for the athlete first and maybe the player second. Well, Patrick, I think that's what coaches like. I know Coach Barry and Coach Kaye have told us they love baseball players that play football and, and basketball and other sports. So I think that's just sort of a trend that coaches enjoy having these kids that have played multiple sports uh, like this young man. Am I right? Yeah, well, I think uh, throughout Southern Miss's history, I think you, you, know, you can point to the football side. Uh, they, they brought in guys that, you know, Maybe overlooked, but you know, in, by some larger schools. But they see what they've done across the board, and how they just look physically, and how they see them developing over time. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing in, in, in terms of Jay Ladner looking at the guard out in Alabama. Uh, he's going to come in as a freshman. Uh, he's somebody that maybe a year from now can be really be an impact player. We'll see if he can uh, start day one. But Southern Miss has always had a habit of finding guys that are great athletes, have the good stature, the good frame and bringing them and developing on the football side. And I think this is an example on the basketball angle of Jay Ladner doing that. One of the things that you're hearing now baseball fans talk about is this talk of turf, you know, at Mm -hmm. at Taylor Park, something that that, uh, Coach Barry has wanted in a long time. But obviously nobody's stepping forward to write a check for it. You know, but that that argument and, and anything being made to progress that idea any further, Patrick, that you know of? Well, I mean, it makes sense when you, you hear, you know, what Scott Barry talks about, what they went through this year in terms of weather delays and losing balls in the outfield and doing something. You know, I'm, I'm personally not a fan of turf, but, you know, it makes financial sense. 
Uh, it would be a 10-year investment. I think it's $1.2, $1.3 million when, when they've got to spend, say, 500 600 grand just to make repairs on the field uh, for next year. So, mm. uh, you know, it, it could be a definite upside for the program for a while. And I'm kind of a purist. I like grass, but if it's really not making financial sense and it's really, you know, requiring that much time to really keep the field in playing shape, and really, you know, when you're losing baseballs in the outfield mysteriously, uh, that's a sign that something's not quite right. So uh, the playing surface is just, you know, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I, I think the answer may be turf when you hear about Barry, Barry discuss all the problems they're having. Well, how realistic is that that that'll happen in the off season, Patrick? No, I mean, it, well, if you're already having to spend six hundred thousand dollars on repairs to the field, and that the and, and to bring in to install turf is one point two to one point three million, I, I think it's realistic mm-hmm. uh, that it could happen. I don't know if it happens this off season. Maybe it's something that they could. But I, I mean, I think I, I'm pretty sure Barry was is. Uh, wants to get this done quickly uh so i you know in the past when barry's really kind of set set a goal to get something done uh he can usually do it so it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me if it if it does happen and i'll tell you who can give you all the pluses about having a turf infield is larry knight one of the most one of the premier high school programs in the state of mississippi at summerall they have a turf field and so many games that were scheduled to be on the road summerall has gotten to host because their opponent had turf and because of the rain they couldn't play it, Summerall was perfectly fine. So the money that Summerall has made getting to host those additional games, and tickets and concessions and so on, it's uh, Larry and I could tell you a lot about the benefits of having a turf field. All right, Patrick, we uh, as always want to thank you. Now, now that baseball's over, Kelly and I wanted you to spend some time between now and next week researching the prospects of a Cincinnati Bengal Washington Redskins Super Bowl this year. How long will that take and, you? Uh, and report back next week uh, what well, you think I, the odds are. I already, you know, I, I, don't, I don't need to put any work into that. I already have your answer. So if you want to ask me about it, just ask me now. I, I think it wasn't it the great Perry Como that sang, It's impossible. Well, it's not going to happen. Is that what I'm hearing, Patrick? No, I'm not seeing it happening. <laughs> All right, Professor, we'll talk to you next week. All right, sounds good. Patrick McGee, everybody, from the Biloxi Sun-Herald, we will be right back. Top. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Gulfport Home Center, located on Highway 49 in Gulfport, Mississippi. Gulfport Home Center, your source for affordable, new and used mobile homes. Price to fit any budget, Gulfport Home Center, more room for you and more room for your family. Bob and Kelly, Dalton and Luke from the First Bank Studios. And, uh, you know, what What do you guys, uh, Kelly, I know where you stand, and, and Bob, I, I kind of know where you stand uh, about this turf business. Uh, a lot of polls done online, a, a couple of uh, message boards. 
uh, some guys on Twitter, and it seems like fan base kind kind of split. Uh, I, I'm one of those classic guys. My dad taught me that classic never goes out of style. It's tough for me, um, you know, to to look out and and to watch baseball maybe on turf. But at the same time, I'm pulling the other direction, and I'm just like, man, there's there's just no maintenance on it, and and guys love it because of the hops and stuff. Baba, you know. Where, where Where's your thoughts on all that? I'm kind of with you, Luke. I understand why Coach Barry wants it. I, I saw with my own eyes how costly it was this year not to be able to play some of these uh, weekend, term, uh, weekend series. And I also know how much time he and other men have to put into maintenance of the field. Having said all of that and understanding full well if they get turf why they would want to have it, I'm sort of in the same boat with Luke Kelly. I just I like the natural grass. I just like the dirt and the grass, and that's baseball. Well, to be clear, I agree with both of you. I like grass, but but the bottom line in in a situation now where all colleges are squeezing that penny tighter and tighter, right, it all right. comes down to money. Yeah, I'm so saying. you know it does, and it's unfortunate. And the people, the people that are die hard on the grass and dirt really don't understand what type of financial situation Southern Miss is in. That's I mean, right. they really don't. because and, and so that's why I ultimately, outside Coach Barry, whatever, you know, I'm, I'm, but I'm saying the part of me that wants just to be classic and the smell of, of uh, grass and the dirt stains on jerseys right. and all that, yeah. I, can, I can swallow my personal preference with that because every time, uh, if, if the turf goes down, I think you make your money back uh, exponentially with not losing gates and being able right. to fix stuff. And the people. You just too, uh, go ahead, look. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, and the people too that are opposed to it are not the guys out there working hour after hour right. after hour right. after hour on the field. Well, what about this? What about this, you guys? As a compromise, and, and this is all hypothetical. We're just we're just having fun here. A turf infield, maybe for the first year. Keep the outfield natural grass. Although, as Patrick said, the outfield has tended to be more problematic. Right. But kind of make that transition slowly and maybe not all at once. Can you do that? Of course. No. 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 Why not? It look. It, it just would. It would look it, so no, weird. It legally, look like, no. But like, legally, you can do that. Oh yeah. Legal. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. It, we'll you know, see. you ever you you ever get a bucket of Legos and just build something totally random? I mean, that it, it would look like that. You know, if you did that, you just you go all in. And it'll take a year, but you know, most of all, the people will will buy in. Um, Matt Walner, D one baseball second team All American. Jack pulled out another one of those templates, Bob, and just right. kind of filled in a couple blanks, he admitted that. a couple things. He admitted and, that this week. That's what he does with Walner. He just has an All American template, and he just fills in the blanks of which team it was and all of that. Now, there's one thing I think we can all agree on. Only Kelly would have come up with this question. Hunter laughed us off and wouldn't answer it. But I'm looking at his stats. I watched him play for four years. There's a picture of him right here in front of us. There's no doubt he had the girls lined up four deep and four wide. Oh, God, as, as a country, years. if we didn't adopt the bald eagle, Hunter right. Slater would be who we would adopt. <laughs> <laughs> and the all-American boy here, you know. It's an all-American picture. Oh, right yeah, there. yeah. It's just the all-American kid. The numbers didn't hurt him. Let's put it that no, way. No, the numbers didn't hurt him. And uh, good for him. Yeah, yeah, good for him. Luke, are you as impressed as I am? We, I was telling Kelly, who's been out for a few days, but we've been talking to a lot of these kids. And Kelly knows because he's got one living in his house. 
these college baseball players are just a special breed of young people. They're just uh, they're they're articulate, they're outstanding, they're polite, they're accomplished. It's just a pleasure to get to know some of them. Well, it shows you that a college baseball program is built on more than talent. Right. Uh, we've we've seen it time and time again. You can have talent uh, out this world and attitude that stinks uh, up a storm, and you just don't go anywhere. Uh, I'd let Hunter Slater work on my teeth. I, I, yeah, I'll tell you that yeah, much. I'd let. Yeah. Now, now, Kelly, Stevie Powers talked about how his mom was like threatening him to like get a job you doing the same that way with your pitcher in your house yeah actually uh actually john carter's in the atl right now that that would be hip terms for atlanta and he okay. has and he has a job and you're happy about it oh indeed the first, just grinning from ear to ear the first national bank of dad is about to close yeah yeah, yeah. so you <laughs> so you understand of course yeah and it's and, and you know when when these guys have dedicated so much of their lives to baseball their parents have been right on board with them. That's right. You know, the travel tournaments, the expenses of hotels and, and meals and all that sort of thing. So these guys really are, and I say this with all due respect, they're a little sheltered. They really haven't been out in the real world. Right. So it can be quite an adjustment for them. Well, your son is certainly one of those. Outstanding young person on the field, off the field, and you should be very proud of him. Thank you, Bob. But don't, I don't owe him any money, do I? No, it's just true. Oh, okay. He'll, he'll, he'll give you an invoice after the show. <laughs> okay. Knowing you as well as I do, I, I just think John Carter's a remarkable young man to, Thank you, to be. To Miracles be still happen. <laughs> Despite his parenting, yes. All right, that wraps it up. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock, everybody. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.